Hey, this is Jason V. Welcome to episode two of Absent Sire. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone that's listened to the podcast so far. The feedback I've received has been overwhelmingly positive. If you haven't already, go back and listen to episode zero and one of Absent Sire. They'll help you understand what's going on in episode two. Let's begin. When I last spoke to Dad, he was talking about his strained relationship with his half-brother Stephen. The last time Dad talked to Stephen was well over 30 years ago. He hasn't seen his half-sisters in as much time either. My two half-sisters, I haven't seen them since like about 85, 86, or 87, something like that. I was just never able to really develop what I thought was a healthy relationship with them, partly because of what we grew up with. You'll recall from episode one, Dad's half-siblings received preferential treatment from Dad's parents. While Dad and his sisters did almost all of the housework and received most of the beatings, the half-siblings were coddled well into their adult years. They, they were always looking for somebody to, to help them out, but they, you know, they didn't try to help themselves, if, if that makes sense. Never really strived for, for anything um, to like improve their situation, you know, for, at least from my perspective. So it just, you know, it just kind of bugged me. Um, you know, my oldest sister, she was the first one in our family to actually go to college. And then uh, her name was Deborah. And um, my other sister, Susan, who you've met um, a few times. Dad's two sisters, Deborah and Susan, were older than him. I met Aunt Susan numerous times and never met Aunt Deborah. I asked Dad about her. Deborah died when she was 19. Uh, she died in 1971. You know, my recollection of my oldest sister was, you know, she was the one that was kind of responsible for holding things together when my parents weren't at home. As relationships go, I've never really had a um, a, a solid relationship with my older sisters. It wasn't until later life that I developed a, you know, a decent relationship with my, you know, with my middle sister, Susan. How did Deborah die? We found out that um, Deborah was born with a, a congenital heart defect. It didn't manifest itself until she was in high school, and and my two sisters were very uh, involved in athletics. You know, they they played multiple sports in high school and like that, and they and they were both pretty good at it. And um, let me just roll this back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually moved down to New York to live with my dad and my stepmom when I was in uh, I guess seventh grade. I guess, yeah, I think it was seventh grade, and um, I moved to to live with you know with my mom, with my father and my stepmother, and so some of the things that that happened in Schenectady, in terms of you know my my older sisters, I'm not I only got either second or third hand. So anyway, um, they found out that my sister had this problem with her heart, and and. Um, uh, you know, I guess she was under a doctor's care and she took medicine and that for that. But she, you know, she also, you know, as I could, from what I could tell, you know, she was still leading a pretty, a pretty normal life. Um, she was involved with um, a program called Upward Bound when she was in high school. They had the program at Union College in Schenectady and, and Union College is a, um, one of the oldest um, private schools in the country. And, um, very very prestigious in that and they had the summer program and my oldest sister attended it 
And anyway, as a result of that and the fact that, you know, she was a good student and she was a good athlete, she wound up getting a full scholarship to Skidmore College, which at the time was an exclusive private all-girls school. After graduating from high school, she went away to college and I think she was in, she was studying sciences. And I can recall that she had an internship at one of GE's research laboratories in, in Schenectady. So, you know, it was the whole, you know, you know, she's really great student, you know, great person. She's got all these great opportunities and all that. And I was happy for her. Um, but then in her sophomore year, um, she abruptly um, collapsed and passed away at school when she was with one of her friends from Schenectady who was also at Skidmore. And I know it was devastating for my mom because Deborah was my mom's favorite and um, it, my mother was never the same after that. As dad told Deborah's tragic story, I kept thinking about his parents and what I learned about them in episode one. I wondered if their preferential treatment of dad's half-siblings was a manifestation of their guilt for how they treated the older three siblings. Dad didn't really think so, and shed more light on where grandma got her parenting style from. Her mother was a very, 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 very strict disciplinarian, and her father was more lenient and more more loving to the kids. And I, you know, I can recall him, he used to visit us quite a bit when we were younger. And I can always recall him, you know, see him walking up the street to visit us and stuff like that. And, you know, your prototypical grandfather, you know, he doted over the kids and, you know, he would bring us little, you know, gifts and stuff like that. And, and, um, you know, we enjoyed his company. At least one adult in dad's life treated him right. Dad continues revealing more about family I never met. Within my mother's family, one of the things that was constant within her family was they seemed to all suffer from um, diabetes and the complications of diabetes within her family. Her father and her mother, both of her siblings, I had a, she had a brother and a sister, both of them wound up having real significant issues with diabetes and, and complications with diabetes through their lives, through loss of sight, you know, having the other systemic issues that you get from long-term issues with diabetes. You know, because of that, I don't have any family members that are alive on my mother's, you know, in my mother's side of the family. I don't have any uncles, um, uncles or aunts or grandparents on that side of the family at all. And from my father's side of the family, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't have any grandparents either because my, his his mother passed away in um, probably like the middle to late 70s and I never knew my dad's father so I you know I don't know what happened to him my my father had two brothers and they lived in upstate New York and in that region and you know although they were brothers my father wasn't extremely close with them and so I never really um, had a real strong relationship with him. There's been one constant theme in Dad's life, isolation. From childhood through his teen years, Dad was isolated from his parents and half-siblings. As he just explained, he really doesn't have any family left, no elders to turn to for advice and help. Even if he did, I wonder if they'd even help him. I asked Dad a little more about his distant uncles. I can always remember it being kind of weird when we visited them. 
uh, I mean, I got along real well with their children, but as, as far as my uncles on my on my father's side, I always, you know, felt the relationship was kind of weird. What were <clears throat> what were their names? Um, my father's brothers were one of his brothers was named Morris, and hmm, it's funny I don't remember his other brother's name. Um. It might come to me during the course of this conversation, but I can't recall it right now. Does anybody? Oh, Gene. That's right. His, his, his other brother's name was either Gene or Eugene. He went by the name of Gene. Okay. And they lived in they lived in Gloversville, New York, from my childhood. That's where my my mother's. That's where my father and my mother were from. They were from Gloversville, New York, and um, as the name implies, that was a lot of um, leather goods. Uh, and you know, in particular, gloves and that kind of stuff were 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 made in Gloversville. They had a lot of um, tanning facilities to uh, to to deal with leather and make leather goods. Last episode, Dad talked about not knowing his stepfather wasn't his real father until his real father came back into his life years after his parents got divorced. Even before his father revealed himself, Dad always fell out of place. I really didn't understand why I had these feelings of being different. But then when he came to visit, I understood, you know, that I had a different father. And as I was told later in life, the reason that he came by to visit, I guess, was he had had a conversation with my mother and he was he was prepared to go ahead and, and take uh, myself and my two sisters to, you know, to be raised by him and his new, you know, his wife, with my stepmother. Obviously, that that wasn't the decision that you know that was made, but you know he offered that when he moved back to the New York area. One thing I remembered as a kid was being bullied because my parents got divorced. For Dad, it was different. Kids didn't really bully him, but again, he was so introverted. Some kids probably didn't even know he had a voice, despite not being bullied. I was pretty withdrawn. I to myself, I really didn't say a whole lot to folks and and um and even with you know people that I considered my friends my close friends I never really um I never really got into expressing how I felt about things uh I mean quite frankly you know the extent of my conversation would 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 typically be I would say yes or no or I wouldn't say anything you know and that that was the extent of it I I mean I I lived um you know within myself you know, I thought a lot of different things, but in most cases, I didn't express them. Do you feel like you hated your parents? I hated my stepfather. Um, um, I loved my mom, but it was just we had a weird relationship. I mean, she ne she wasn't one of those touchy feely type of people that you know would give you a hug and a kiss. Every now and then, she you know she would she would kind of up her guard or whatever and show you that, you know, she really liked or approved of what you did or, you know, or that she loved you. It was kind of the tangential things that she did. I mean, like, um, she was always there for us in terms of she worked every day and she made sure that, you know, we had clothes and food and stuff like that. But it wasn't a, um, you know, it wasn't that that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, give you a big hug and a kiss just because or, or anything like that. Tangential love, when you don't say you love someone, just show them by not leaving. 
Looking back on myself as a teenager, I had an abrasive and selfish yet empathetic personality. I kept people at a distance because if I liked them it meant they could hurt me when they left. But if I liked someone, I'd be as nice as possible going so far as to be taken advantage of just to feel like I had a friend. Dad seems to have reconciled his mother's definition of love and I got the feeling through it all he still had an affection for her. I'm sure he can look back and find a pleasant memory or two of his mother when he was a kid. Dad had different memories of his father. One of the things that, that, um, that I can recall um, is that a lot of times he, you know, he would say he was going to come and visit and then he would not show up. And I can recall feeling, you know, myself, you know, that, that was very disappointing because I was looking forward to seeing him. And, um, and that, you know, was a, was a constant, um, even up until, um, you know, the point where I was grown and, and, and you and Lauren were, you know, were very young. I, at, at, at one, as a matter of fact, from, from when I went away to college until after your mom and I had gotten married, I was, my dad and I really didn't have a, a, a good relationship and a lot of it stemmed from the feelings that I had um, about the promises that weren't kept, you know, throughout my early life. And although we were able to, 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 to a degree, you know, work that through, I never really developed a relationship with my dad that I would have liked to have had. And, you know, you, you may feel the same way, you know, because of our situation, but, you know, that's, that's the way I felt about that. And I, I hope I answered your question. When dad told me this, I felt so sorry for him. And then I realized I was angry. He said he never developed a relationship with his father that he wanted, that he was disappointed when his dad would make plans that never follow through. Where the fuck were you my entire childhood then? You turned into the thing you were disappointed in, dad. You became your father, and then I became you. The part that really got me though, was dad saying, I, I hope I answered your question. It's the only time dad's talked to me in a way that sounded like he wanted something from me. I'd never heard that before. It fucks me up even more inside because getting mad won't solve a fucking thing. It's already happened, and even though Dad wasn't there, I made it through. He got a participation trophy without even showing up. Dad and I continued talking, and as we wrapped up our conversation, we kind of scratched the surface of our relationship and expectations for future conversations. Dad told me he didn't want me to feel like any question was off limits, and he would answer all of my questions as best he could. That's great, I thought. If only you felt that way 20 fucking years ago. I don't know if you'll ever hear this, Dad, and if you do, know that the anger you hear isn't directed at you, just... It's just shitty all around. The sins of the father passed on to the son, and I'm fucking terrified I'll try as much as I can to not end up like you, and still do it. Maybe that was hard to hear, that your own flesh and blood doesn't want to be like you when he grows up. But know that I love you, Dad. And I know you love me too, but God damn it, I fucking hate what Grandpa Van did to you. I fucking hate what Don Thompson and Grandma did to you. I hate the fact that when I think about myself as a kid, it's your face I'll see. We inherit traits from our parents. People say I have my mother's nose, and when you look at a picture of Dad in high school, we look like we could be brothers. I have his eyes and his taciturn nature. But what I really inherited was his pain pain that's been passed down from generation to generation. I carry it with me like a weight around my neck. It's been over 20 years and dad still feels the weight of his pain and his decisions. 
you know, because I feel such a, um, how should I say it? Um, kind of like a burden for, because I wasn't there for you during those times as you were going through middle school and high school and in and, and, and college, that um, the very least I can do is, is spend time talking with you, sharing with you, you know, my thoughts and, and my feelings about whatever. Um, I think that one of the reasons why your mother and I weren't able to keep things together to the degree that I would, we both would have liked to was because by, by nature, I'm not a great communicator, especially when it comes to, you know, how I feel and my emotions about things. And um, I understand that now. And that's the reason why I don't have a problem with anything that you might want to touch on or, you know, or any feelings that you have. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's all, your feelings are legitimate. That's who you are. And I don't have a problem with you sharing those with me. And I'm sure, you know, you don't have a problem with me sharing my thoughts and feelings with you. Because if, if you did, you wouldn't have asked me, you know, to, to have this conversation. And I'm, I'm happy that we're having it. It may not always be comfortable, but it's something that we share. And, and, and we haven't shared as much as we could have or should have. Find Absent Sire on Instagram at Absent Sire Show. Listen online, AbsentSirePodcast.tk. To reach out, email AbsentSireShow at gmail.com. I'm Jason V. Thanks for listening.